Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of Drive the Valley presented by Chippewa Valley Mazda. A great podcast here where we chat with some of the people in the area, get to know uh, some of the, the, the pillars of the community, if you will. All right. Bill Bertram from Chippewa Valley Mazda always drives us through this podcast. And, and Bill, you got a great guest here. But before that, uh, we, we've always kind of joked that you've had a, a Diet Coke with you before the start of the podcast. Uh, today, going a little healthier, you've got uh, kind of a, a sweet tea looking drink there. Yeah, I'm, on, uh, I'm deciding to get the, uh, the summer dad body ready. So uh, I'm sipping down a, uh, a healthy uh, shake from one of our vendors here in town. It's pretty tasty. And uh, yeah, we're, we'll see how that goes. Well, I'm sure you'll still be full of energy for the next uh, 30 minutes as you introduce us to our guest. And I'll, and I'll turn it over to you to start your conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, I, I can't even remember what uh, episode of the podcast that we're on now, but we kind of keep, uh, you know, keep digging for new people and kind of keep uh, looking around corners and nooks and crannies. And uh, I always say I tap the friend pool and I, I did that yet again. So today, but it's this is actually going to be a really cool story. Um, you know, Today, my guest is a guy named John Buer. Hi, John. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Good. Bill, yourself? I, you know, I mean, I think okay. John is affectionately known in our friend circles as the booze so or boozer. So if you're, uh, you're on the street out there and you haven't met him, now you know what to call him. But John works with uh, a place called Park Ridge Distributing. Uh, here, it's, uh, it's our local beer, ale, seltzer uh, distributor for Budweiser and a, a host of other products. And I guess, you know, one of the reasons for bringing him on the show specifically today was one, he's one of my very, very good friends, but two, it's kind of a different industry. Um, and I, I want to dive into that a little bit. There's a little bit of a curtain that goes behind these distributorships. Um, it's, it's an unusual business model in the sense that it's, uh, it, it works differently than uh, most things transact. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. I think we'll educate ourselves a little bit on uh, you know what it's like in the beer industry right now. Uh, seltzers have kind of become a big thing, so I'm going to pick your brain on that a little bit. Um, and we're just going to dive into some of those things. So um, before I do that, uh, booze. Yes. Tell me, uh, tell me how uh, how you got your start uh, in Park Ridge, and tell us a little bit about you. What do you do there? All those sorts of things. Well, first off, we're uh, we're a Anheuser Busch wholesaler in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We cover four counties: Eau Claire, Chippewa, Rusk, and Sawyer. Um, I've never done a podcast before, so this is fun. But we're talking about beer, so we're gonna have a beer. I like it. Okay. And I like I, it. That's perfect. Is that is that? I brought a couple different choices for you, but I know <laughs> that you are gonna like this one because I've seen you. Can you hear that rattling in the background? That's the that is the sound. Of... I've seen you drink these before, so uh-huh. we're gonna start with the ice cold bush light. I guess I'm uh, I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to partake in that. I'm not driving anywhere, so this is uh, just for those at home. This is. Perfectly I think I'll safe. have one too. Yeah, I think you should. Okay, that's a good plan. So I've worked for Parkridge for 25 years. I started out um, just getting hooked up with the company by a friend named Licker. Licker's dad worked there. He worked there a little bit. I was uh, away at school, came back for the summer, and they were looking for a guy. I said, I think I'm your guy. I can do this, right? So I got involved, and 25 years later, I'm still here. So you started out... 
kind of slinging beer for them, so to speak. You were the guy. You were you were loading trucks and doing the kind of the boots on the ground sort of stuff down there. Boots on the ground, yes. Get up four in the morning and throw kegs around, throw beer around, yeah. and yeah. now I got a little better, but still do a little <laughs> of that. You're slinging beer in a different way now. Yes. So you are uh, your sales with uh, Park Ridge now, right? So you do uh, sales for them and work uh, on major accounts, I think. So. Yes. Nice. Yes, we. Uh, I got everything from on-premise, which is bars and restaurants, to off-premise, which is grocery stores and gas stations. Yeah. So, you know, what, what? this is where this gets interesting is like in a lot of industries, okay, so if I want to order um, potato chips, I call the Frito-Lay guy and they bring me potato chips. Beer is weird. You talked about the territories that you covered and, and this really, you know, encompasses beer, seltzers, all that. But like, how's the history of... How, in that, how how did that kind of happen? How does it happen that, because Park Ridge isn't Budweiser, it's a distributor for Budweiser. So regionally, you have these places that cover certain territories and certain counties. Why is that? So years ago, I think when Anheuser-Busch came into the area, which was probably Budweiser only, um, a guy named Bill Bowie and Tom Bowie picked Anheuser-Busch up. They wanted to distribute that in this area. And they, I don't know how they bought the territory or they were assigned the territory, but to this day, it's still our territory. Now, brands get added throughout the years. Brands you lose throughout the years that go to other wholesalers in the area. Um, There's three wholesalers in this area alone, and most of us carry the same stuff, but in different areas of the state. Well, I think what's interesting, too, is, you know, to the consumer, um, you know, this is one of those products that it's not really, there's not even the possibility of buy direct. Like, you can't, you know, it's not one of those products that you can jump online and, you know, buy it direct from Budweiser. You have to buy it through that territory or through that distributorship. And so, you know, that that in itself is like an interesting, I mean, it's an interesting business model because it's not... Uh, there's a there's a third party that's involved, and it depends on who that third party is, you know, all over the place. Is there, what, do you know the answer, or, and maybe not, but why did Budweiser itself do that? Why did they kind of assign territories? Because, I mean, the booze, the, the beer itself, the seltzers itself, all that stuff, that's not really packaged here, right? I mean, it doesn't get packaged or processed, so to speak, no. at the local level. It's shipped in, and then you distribute it from there. Shipped in, yep, shipped in on rail to different distribution centers and then trucked to us or trucked across from whichever brewery right to us. Um, the closest for us being Lacrosse, which does some of our twisted tea and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we're, we say they're close. They're brewed there, packaged there, shipped to Cincinnati, and then back to Eau Claire. Isn't that interesting? That it's, is crazy. They finally figured out in the pandemic that it's it's cheaper to ship from Lacrosse to us. So you've probably seen, I mean, obviously... To get back to your tier... Oh, no. Here we go. It's called the three-tier system. Okay. Brewery, wholesaler, retail. Okay? Got it. Got it. So in in that system, like in that sort of a setup um, where it's this three-tiered system, um, you know you carry specific brands, and that means that, you know, in, in theory, owning this territory... You know, if Menominee, I think, is out of your territory, right? That's a different distributor. So yes. you have to stay within those confines, and that's kind of how it works. So how is that? How is, you know, Seltzers have kind of came to light, and this is, it's going to probably be a little bit of a curveball when we come back to it. But where did Seltzers come from? Is this just like modern-day Zima? 
It is modern day Zima times 500. It the seltzer business is crazy. It it I tried the seltzers five years ago when they first came around, and it was White Claw, yeah, which is still the leading seltzer around. And I thought there is no way this is going to sell. And I think I told Angie Bowie that there's no way this is going to sell. Here we are. It's the industry driver. I mean, it is it's in fun. places it sells more than a domestic beer. So, you know, back when you probably got in the, you know, first started in the industry and back, I, I remember my dad and both my grandpa would, uh, would we're, we're slugging back a bush light right now, but my dad and grandparents always drank bush heavies. And so is beer, are people moving away more from beers and kind of headed towards the seltzers or is it balanced out or what's the trends looking like in that? Well, I think it's kind of like you drinking your fruity drink from, <laughs> where is it from? It's from Divine. It's Divine, okay, yep. okay. We'll give them a little plug here. Give them a shout out. It, I think it's all about carbs, calories. You know, you don't see the old boys around anymore that, sat down and drank Old Mill and Pabst and Schlitz and the heavy beers that were 5%. You don't see those guys anymore. Yeah. Um, I, don't, guys... I don't know if that's from the dying of whatever. <laughs> they also Those are the same guys that could knock back a pack of Camel Straits in about four hours. So it's no surprise they're not around anymore, right? Yep. Yep. So, But I think the seltzer thing is it's the carbs, calories, and... That's what people are going for. There's no doubt. What are the brands? I mean, obviously, people have probably picked up on that at this point in time, and you said it to begin with. I mean, you carry in the beer lineup, you carry Bud, you carry Budweiser, um, you know, Anheuser-Busch products. Um, In the seltzers, what lineup lineup does Parkridge carry? So Parkridge carries Bud Light Seltzer, Truly Seltzer, Corona Seltzer, uh, Press, which is actually... God, look at how many... How many people are in this market? That's oh, insane. It's unbelievable. We're running out of places to put them. Press is actually was brewed in a lady's kitchen in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's that's how she started her, and now it's she's doing very well for herself. Wow. But going back to seltzers, I mean, your number ones, you know, are it's White Claw, Truly, Bud Light, Corona, probably in that order. Wow. And so, like. That's, I mean, they're honestly, it's probably generational, right? Like the the younger generation, the you know, I mean, everybody calls them a millennial or the whatever gens nowadays. But that's really who's primarily the driver behind that, right? Like that's the one that's starting to pick up the steam and get the momentum behind drinking that. Um, where you probably have our contingency of of people who are, you know, a little deep in the bush lights, you know, on yep. a Saturday night. Yep. And I and I think it's, you know, everything in our industry goes by age. You know what. Which demographic do you want? Do you want the 21 to 35-year-olds, which is probably driving the seltzer business right now? Um, they like sweet stuff, but they still are watching their carbs and calories, you know. Yeah. On the same hand, those people that like sweet stuff are also drinking twisted tea, which is full of sugar. and so. I like a good twisted tea. Right. It's, uh, I mean, yeah. It's uh, So it, it, how did – how what happened during COVID and – your deal like what did, what happened are you did you have supply chain issues um what did that look like and um how did the how did sales go so covid started march well Saint what pa- it started Saint before Patty's that day right shut down 
in Wisconsin started St. Patty's Day, 2020. Where were you at that point? Uh, you know, it's weird. I think that day, if I recollect, we were having uh, a day that you and I shouldn't have had a podcast, and we were sitting <laughs> in a garage. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We celebrated that one year later, didn't well, we? Well, I got yeah. So I was down at Ray's for a certain point of the day, but had to leave. Yep. And went to your house, but yep. you know we continued. It was fine. Well, anyway, so the <laughs> the pandemic was crazy. We, I mean, as soon as as soon as all the bars got shut down, people were buying toilet paper. They were buying meat. They were buying this. They were buying beer. I mean, they were buying cartloads of beer. They didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Okay. They didn't know if their grocery store was going to get closed. Um, and that was probably like the second week after all bars in in the U.S. kind of got shut down. It was two weeks after that when the panic buy started. People were buying as much as they could. Okay, now move forward to Christmas, um, deer hunting. Now we're having troubles getting stuff. They blame it on can't get cans, can't get packaging. Yeah, well, what's the whole can thing about anyway? Well, how, do you, how do you get low on cans? You know, aluminum's worth whatever five cents a pound or you know it's worth nothing um factories were getting closed down not closed down but they were losing shifts because of workers they don't really give us the straight answer this is their you know this is why you don't have bud light because we can't get cans we can't get packages um the big thing now is trucking we can't get the breweries are catching up we can't get beer to our warehouse we just had this uh it's funny that you say that because we're so we're t- i just got off a conference call right before you got here and mazda today it's been kind of hitting every manufacturer so this i don't get the logic in this and this is where you get like all the manufacturers collectively get caught with their pants down but there's uh one microchip supplier in japan that supplies the auto industry with the microchips that they and semiconductors that they build their cars uh, it's one plant, and it supplies, you know, aside from Mazda, it supplies other brand manufacturers pretty specifically. Same thing, kind of like COVID happened. The place burns. It literally has a fire, burns to the ground. The said place has no plan B, so this is where it begins to affect the whole supply chain. So now um, we just got a call that this summer uh, we could expect to see 70 to 75% reduction in build capacity and that's going to affect every other one of the uh, Japanese importers as well. So t- now on top of, which for whatever reason, kind of like you said with beer, for whatever reason, as uh, COVID happened, everybody bought cars. Uh, and uh, obviously there's a lot of stimulus money and there were things like that in the market. So now the demand is high. The supply chain is going down and it, it's and people think, oh, well, then I just won't buy a new car. But that's exactly what's happening right now um, is over the past 30 days, Used cars have increased, I'm not kidding you, an average of 30 to 35% at auction. So moral of the story is, is as the summer goes on and the supply chain gets weaker and weaker and weaker, we're going to see diminished capacity. It's And it's really a pass on to the consumer. So it's hard to get to your point. It's hard to get the straight answer, but it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I know. I mean, in our industry, if you're out of... A Mazda, whatever. Give me a car name. Uh, Jib, uh, I mean a Mazda CX-5. 
CX-5? Yeah. If you're out of that CX-5 that's blue and you don't have another CX-5 on the on the lot, are they going to go to a different color or are they going to wait? You know, now, I, well, it depends. They're probably, I guess, it all comes down to the consumer, but and it depends on how knowledgeable they are about, in, my, in our situation, probably it depends on how knowledgeable they are about the supply chain and what their need is. If it's a need that's, if it's a want and not a need, you could find yourself in a spot waiting. Right. But so, yours is going to be, yours is completely different. Yeah. So if, if we're out of a Bud Light 24 pack and there's two 18 packs sitting there or 12 packs or six packs, there's something for them to buy. There's some, there's some sort of liquid that they like. They're going to get whatever package size they want. We talked about this, um, you know, just in, you know, in our conversations when we're hanging out and stuff like that. But I remember either you or Angie, maybe both of you guys kind of speaking to it, that at certain points in time during last summer, your your warehouse, I mean, how many cases do you normally have in stock to distribute throughout if Bud Light, oh, for example? Boy, I, Bush Light. I, I, mean, I, I could, it, it changes so fast that, you know, there was times where last summer we'd have 15,000, 30 packs of Bush Light sitting there, and that would be maybe a one-week supply. That's crazy. In the heat of the summer. It's crazy. Um, you know, and, and right now... We're getting stuff in as fast as we get it in. It's out into the market. That's crazy. So you could you could play a basketball game during the during the real shortage of everything. You could have had a go kart track in our warehouse, just nonstop yep. on the supply. Well, I mean, it was it was that wide open because we had oh, no really? product in there. Yeah, and that's what I think. <laughs> Either you or Angie were telling me at one point in time, like you know, your beer comes on pallets or whatever. Like, and there was like literally at one point a couple of pallets or just a few pallets of inventory that hadn't actually been put in places. I'm sure you're, I mean, in, when you look at it from a Parkridge perspective, right? Like your beer sales actually went up, but in, in perspective, you know, with like kind of like the new law that's coming into place where people can go now and get uh, a carry out or this or that, how bad, I mean, you, you're at the height of that. You see it, right? Because yeah. you, and you can speak to it on multiples. It's not just one business guy you're talking about. You're talking about, a lot of you're seeing all the bars and restaurants how did that how did that impact them well it it, you know it really hurt some bars um they hung in there and they got their loans and they made improvements that should have been made 15 20 years ago you know upgraded some stuff um and and some of them are back there you know there there's bars that especially in the northern part of the state that never really right they they got busier because I, I, of the summer months. I, I would certainly tell you that, uh, you know, having a cabin a little farther north than this, the farther north that you got, Wisconsin's, a, it's a it's like a boundary state. The farther north that you got, the less mass that you saw and well, so yeah, probably yeah. the less effect. You I know? mean, you can go 500 yards from here and it was it was that story. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was. Yep. Um, but a lot of places are coming back. The places that don't make it weird for people to be in there. You know, you go into a place and they're freaking out with their gloves and and this is just me talking because yeah. I'm yeah, you know, no, I get what you're saying. Um, it's uncomfortable for people, right? And uncomfortable for you, yeah. probably me. Yes, I'm used to going in into a bar, sitting down, it's social, having a good time. Yeah, and that's why bars are around. They're people go there to socialize. Yeah, and and not a lot of people. Like me and you socialize at home and at the bar. There's a lot of people that 
go to the bars, that's the only time they socialize. Well, I'm sure, you know, your off sale, so to speak, um, is it off sale that happens in uh, a, a grocery store, yes. places like yeah. that. That probably peaked because, you know, what we, what you and I and our friend group tended to do during that whole point in time was we just um, found ways to keep our group small yep. and keep our group tight and, you know, so to speak, created our own bar. But right. you know, that had to have been. So well, we the, had about six or seven different bars we could go to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we did. Yeah. It just, they had mailboxes in front of them yep, with uh, yep. garage doors. Yeah. And everyone was six feet apart, and that was oh, not a big yes, deal. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> so what, what's the deal with this? Do you, do you know much about that? And what's the receptive, what's the feedback you're hearing from people on this, uh, on this cocktail to go sort of deal right now? Like, I, I, I don't. I'm not sure how that works. I, I'm not even, I haven't looked into it that much, but I mean, there's been cocktails to go for, 40 years, hasn't it's, there? It's interesting to me how it works, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, literally. Yeah. And it's interesting to me how it works because in technicality, like, I guess you have to seal it or something is, is what I'm kind of being told. Yes. Otherwise, it becomes an open container, and so the law gets broke, like, you know, right. the minute the break, you break the barrier of your car. So be interested to see how that kind of, uh, how that kind of works out. So I think I've, I've seen a few of them where they take the lid – just like a you know a regular McDonald's cup or whatever kind of cup, and they have a tape seal. I don't know. Yeah. Just, so if you break the seal, you get caught, so to speak. Right. And then you're yeah. Then you're in trouble or what? Yeah. You know, I'm curious, booze. When you came in, you sat down and you had some notes in front of you, and I want to know um, what was on that notepad. Um, you said you had things prepared to talk about, so I'm just curious. Um, you know, before I move on and you know get to more formalities, <laughs> I'm just curious what things um, you no, wanted I, to bring I, up to me today. I just wanted a few stats in front of me in case you asked me something like. Uh, who are the leading craft brewers in the United States? Oh, I'd like to know that actually. Who, who See, are this the, is where the your leading dialing? domestics? I'm, I'm. First of all, man, this is this is. That's I it. I can't even believe you did this. I'm <laughs> turning the, turning my questions over. Okay. Who who is who is a leading craft? A uh, leading craft in the United States listed, you know, and a lot of stuff changes from quarter to quarter. Uh, is Yangling, Sam Adams, uh, Sierra Nevada. Those are the top three that everyone's going to know. What's the difference between – what's the word craft beer? Like, I'm sure um, our competing podcast has addressed this question before, and I'm actually curious to know, like, what, what is craft beer? Well, in my eyes, craft beer now is more like the Brewing Project, Lazy Monk, smaller yeah. places, right? So these – Yingling and Sam Adams and Sierra Nevada are huge, huge – breweries i don't myself consider them craft beers but when they first started they had boston lager that it was a craft beer it started in boston it was very small they just kind of hung on to that name i believe yeah yeah makes sense okay so you carry <clears throat> at at park Ridge, you carry budweiser you carry seltzers like what others do you carry any hard liquors whatsoever we do not carry any hard liquors um, we do have some mixed cocktails, and I do have one of those for you to try. Oh, good. Yeah, I kind of made good. a little little kit here, and we can you can try them both at the same time. So this is a I got a <laughs> holiday coffee cup because I didn't have anything did you, else. Did you stop in the tall? Yeah, and I did. You pay for the cups? No, nope, I knew the okay. guy. Okay. So cut water. This is kind of the new deal now. Mixed cocktails in a can. Cut water is owned by Anheuser Busch. 
They have several different kinds. This is tequila margarita. Um, it's 12.5%. So you, little guy like you better watch yourself. <laughs> so this is literally, that's bloody. That's good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you can put it in the refrigerator in your office for later. Yeah, yeah I'll definitely. To. I will do that. So, but they have, you know, they have, uh, and they maybe have I because you like sodas vodka sodas, vodka grapefruit. Um, they have. Uh, I'm not kidding. You can smell tequila the second you get that, <laughs> even if like if a foot from you, <laughs> yeah. you can smell that. Yeah. How's that selling so far? It's uh, kind of a different company had it before, but Anheuser Busch took it over, and or, I'm assuming they bought the company or bought shares in it, um, it's doing a little bit better. Um, you know, Anheuser-Busch has got, when you go to Quick Trips and bigger stores, they have pull on what they want to get in there. If they want this in there, they're going to get it in there. They're going to get it in there somehow. Um, so this will be the first real summer that we're going to have this. And I don't know, I, I think, you know, you're not going to drink 20 of them like you will Bush Light. I if you do, like you'll a, be laying in the lawn. But yeah. Um, you know, they have different kinds too, Mai Tais and stuff like that. That's perfect. Mules. For, that's, that's Wisconsin right there. I mean, that's perfect for Wisconsin. Yes. Yep. So that's the, so the, the seltzers are kind of the thing now. They're the rage now. And this is kind of the next, this is their next reinvention. Well, you know, I think this is a whole different category. There's, you know, this one probably wasn't the original. There was... Um, Stoli probably had one. Um, some of the vodka, Smirnoff had one. And I think those are still around. Like High Noon, if you've heard of High Noon, High Noon is made with a little bit of vodka, where this is, which High Noon is considered a seltzer, actually. So it's. And a seltzer is higher booze content, right? Um, 5%. And a, it, the bushy that were. 4.2, uh, 4.3. So essentially, um, a tall guy like me. The seltzers is going to sneak up on a little bit faster. Well, I've seen it sneak up <laughs> quite fast. <laughs> you have witnessed that, John. You one one of the things that um, and we did we should really should have started out with that. But one of the things um, I mean, I know you're from Eau Claire. I know you're an Eau Claire guy, but you're pretty involved with baseball. You played baseball when you were a young guy here. Um, and talk about just talk about your family and what you do as far as baseball and things like that. Well, my uh, I have a wife. Her name's Carrie. Um, we have been together, Jesus, don't let me get this wrong. Yeah. I have that already written down. Uh, six, <laughs> this will be our 17th anniversary this year. I if hope you make that's it right. that long. If I make it that long. Yeah. If, if this question's wrong, I probably won't make it through tonight. <laughs> but, um, I have a son named Blake. Blake has played baseball ever since T-ball. He is now 13. He plays up in Mount Simon for the Eau Claire A's. And we got a big summer lined up. A lot of baseball. Probably won't see you a lot, which I yeah. don't really care. Unless it's Sundays. Sundays. Sundays are us. good, yeah. You'll see us on Sundays. But, yep. yeah, you're. Uh, that's that's one of the things. I mean, I've known you for a long time in our group. Uh, we, John and I are part of a pretty big friend group that is pretty close. And that's one thing you have always done is you're never you're, you're the guy in the summer when it's your kid, you're gone. And, yeah. you, I mean, that's what you pay attention to. So yeah. it's it's a pretty cool thing. So, I mean, I will say, uh, John, this is, you know, I mean, I really didn't think you had it in you to do um, a, a <laughs> podcast, and I, I, mean, I think you've done incredibly well, and, um, you know, I'm, I pretty much, I didn't even get bored. Is, well, is what so I'm I saying. got a question. Yeah, okay. I knew Did you pull me coming. out of the nook or the cranny? 
No, because I, that was the first deal. I mean, you're like, oh, I've got friends group, and I'm hitting them up. I pull them out of the nook and cranny. Oh, and you want to know which yeah, which, which one. one I am? No, I mean, like, think about it this way: I've only had like six of these, and you're already here. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I have nine friends. Yeah, so you're you're you're, yeah. you're doing well, and yeah. and one of them uh, and three of them are unemployed. So you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so well, did you have uh, now when Kathy and uh, Jay Vance were here? We did we they did. bring you any? Uh, like, no. Or did you just drink water? No. Kathy brought me a contract for Country Jam to sign. Okay. Um, and, um, no, Jason just brought my intellectual capacity to a, to a different level, <laughs> but, you know, but it was fun nonetheless. Wow, yeah. I, I'm sorry I brought that up. No, it's, it's to touchy. Those, to those two. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it was fun. I mean, yeah. I actually, um, you know, I think uh, it, was, it was good just kind of getting history on that. I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand that. Um, I'm... I'm Appreciative that you, uh, you know, brought me such an array of beverages to try today. Um, I'm sure we'll sit around after this and finish them up, but sure. it should be a good time. So yep. uh, thanks again, John, for coming. Thanks for joining us. And uh, Scott, thank you.